I saw smoke coming from the chimney. How do I know you're not some goddamn psycho killer? Do I look like a psycho killer to you? Yes, you do. What if you come to find out that I'm very dangerous? Well, it must mean that God hates you. Cup of coffee? My grandfather told me you can never be too careful in these woods. He told me it's beautiful, but it can also be dangerous. He was right about that. There's all kind of death and beauty out here. Welcome back to another episode of Adventures in Movies, the podcast where we talk about the Indian genre films you've never heard of, the ones you never want to hear about again, and the ones you can't hear enough about. My name is Nathaniel Mir, and I'm the movie editor at AIPT. Joining me on these ongoing adventures is the host who just last week put out the call that we have to cancel Pitch Perfect 2. <laughs> that, was a, that was a fun discovery on last week's podcast. I'm Blake. Hello. And apparently, yeah. No more Pitch Perfect. Cut it out. The original is okay, apparently. Um, no, she said she mm. retroactively hates it. She retroactively the first one hates it now, yep. Because of that. <laughs> uh, we have a very special guest tonight um, writer, director, filmmaker, Lucky McKee. You might know the name from The Woman. He's also done The Woods. All Cheerleaders Die, who I've heard people say all cheerleaders must die, but it's All Cheerleaders Die. He's a master of horror for anyone who remembers that show. Also worked on Tales of Halloween, and I think a lot of you remember him from May, which just recently hit Shutter in time for Halloween. Lucky McKee, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. No problem. And tonight we're here to talk about his latest movie, Old Man. It's going to be coming out next week on the 14th. It's going to be in theaters. It's going on demand. It's also going to be on digital. For those in the uh, Southwest and the El Paso region, it's going to be playing at the El Paso Film Festival the night before. So definitely check that out. But we had a few questions for Lucky. And I wanted to begin. Um, I know that it's a screenplay was done by Joel Veach. Is that my pronouncement? Correct. Correct. Yeah, yeah um, Joel Veach. Yeah. So uh, what drew you to the project? Uh, the first person that drew me to the project was Mark Center. Um, Mark had starred in a film I produced years and years ago called The Lost, which is an adaptation of a Jack Ketchum novel. We had such a good time working on that. I was a producer on that, though. My, my buddy Chris Searson directed that. But Mark and I really hit it off, and we really just were kind of looking for a project to do over the years together. We did a little short for this Tales of Halloween anthology, but we never got to have like that full meal of doing a feature together. And a couple of years ago, he, he said, hey, my buddy wrote this play. He's, he's turning it into a screenplay. What do you think? Do you think that this is something that you'd want to shoot? And he, he gave me Old Man. And it was very much still, it was a play and screenplay form, really. And he gave that to me. And I was like, you know what? I, 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 whenever I look at a piece of material, you know, I, I like to write my own stuff or rewrite my own stuff. But whenever I look at a piece of material, I just, you know, I have to have a person, I have to be able to like find a personal connection to it or a personal way in for myself so I can make the thing and old man spoke to me because 
I grew up in a very rural environment. I, I grew up around a lot of good old boys, those kind of characters. And, and uh, I just knew that. I knew that type of a person. I knew them really well. I'm related. I'm related to that type of person. And I, I, I thought I could, you know, bring something to it without being judgmental of, of uh, you know, of, of that type of person, um, but just showing it, showing it for what it is and everything. So then eventually, uh, you know, we kind of got started putting the pieces together to getting the movie made and uh, it looked like it was going to happen. So Joel and I sat down and just did just like a month of just like going over and over the script and trying to figure out how to, yes, it works very well, very well as a piece of theater, but how do we bring it into the cinematic space? We just worked it over and over. I mean, he, I didn't touch the script. He did all the writing. He's a brilliant writer and he's got a great ear for dialogue, but we just, we were kind of trepidatious, both of us at first. I think he thought maybe I was going to come in and fuck his script up. And then uh, <laughs> alternately, I thought I was like, is this guy going to want to play ball with me? You know, because mm-hmm. um, I got to be able to do my thing, you know, but we, we just hit it off like right out, of, right out of the gate. And and we got the script to a really great place. And then we were off to the races. That's uh, that's kind of on that same track. And when you guys are sitting there and discussing this over weeks and stuff, I mean, your titular old man, how... I mean, Stephen Lang's, you know, he's a he's a force in this thing, and it's yeah. kind of it's hard to imagine anybody else playing that role. So, how did you how did you come to to decide on him, or was he who you had in mind to begin with? Uh, you know, we we danced around, you know, names like you always do when you're trying to put together a project, and then you know, uh, I call him. He, he he refuses to be to let me. He refuses to let me call him Stephen or Mister Lang or anything like that. He calls himself. He, he likes to be called Slang. So if when I say Slang, <laughs> I mean Stephen Lang. Good. But uh, he had worked. He had worked with a friend of mine, Joe Bigos, um, on a movie called VFW. Um, so you know, once his name came up, you know, first thing I always do, it's like if I know somebody that's worked with this person, I want to know if they're a good person to work with. You know, if, if they're collaborative and just you know have the kind of vibe that I like. And Joe had worked with him. He's like, hire him, dude. Like, slang is the best, you know? <laughs> um, and I had a brief brief phone call with him. We talked about the material and it just, he just got it, you know? And, and the thing that's great about him is like, yes, we know him from a lot of television and movies, but I mean, he is so rooted in the theater too, um, which is really important. It was really important in pulling this off because I mean, there was days when the actors were doing takes that were, you know, both him and Mark Center um we're, we're doing these you know i was doing 10 12 13 minute long takes that are just all dialogue you know wow. and these guys were just they have that that theater in their bones you know they don't memorize just the sides for that day or the scenes that they have to shoot that day they memorize the whole script and they come in and plug in and freshen up on the day obviously on what they have to do but just to have actors that can go on runs for that long is really amazing and you get you start to get really really natural really cool performances that way because you're not calling cut every three sentences that they say, <laughs> you know, <laughs> they, they can really, you know, sink themselves into the part, you know, and both he and Mark were just excellent, you know, excellent creative people, but also, you know, there's a lot of craft and skill that goes into the acting game, you know, and knowing where the camera is, knowing what plays, knowing what doesn't. Um, and those guys were just, it was just a, such a pleasure <laughs> to film those guys just acting their balls off every day. It was so great. <laughs> Because the movie really is a, it, it's it really is a showcase for them. You know, I tried to totally. stay out of their way in terms of like getting overly stylistic with the visuals or whatever. And we just tried to create like a really, a really appropriate atmosphere around them. And this was not a movie that I, I did 
extensive storyboarding on or shot listing or anything. I mean, we would just show up in the morning. We would rehearse for about, for a long time. We'd rehearse for like an hour, hour and a half sometimes and just really kind of figure it out together. And then the cameraman and I would, you know, we'd come in with some ideas about how we might shoot it, but it really, really, everything that we were doing was triggering off what the actors were doing. And it was about, okay, what's the place we can get the camera to really, really, you know, give the audience the most of what they're doing. Um, you mentioned the craft in there and uh, the the art of the performance. Yeah. Um, Stephen yeah. and Mark, they have a great, great chemistry in this. Uh, yeah. Did they have to work at it or did it just kind of develop naturally? Of course. I mean, you know, one, one thing that we did that was really helpful. I mean, you got to remember, we made this at the height of the pandemic, like, 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 you know, this was February of 2021, January, February of 2021. And it was, there was no vax, there was no vaccination. There was, everybody was still really paranoid, you know, not a lot of movies were getting made. So we had to do a lot of conversations over zoom and stuff like that. Um, But what we ended up doing while we were in prep for the film was we would just read the entire script. We'd get on zoom and, Slang and Mark and uh, producer Aaron Koontz. Um, I think the writer Joel Veach was there as well. And we'd, we'd, we'd all just listen to them say it out loud. And that, that's the way that we found Mark's, you know, you start to build a rapport when you're doing that. It sucks we weren't able to do it in the room, but like we weren't showing up as strangers on the first day, which I think was really important. Um, and Slang is just like a, you know, great class A ball buster sort of a sort of a guy you know in the best possible way you know what i mean so he was busting ball- mike's mark's balls constantly <laughs> and mine too just giving us the hardest time but it was always so good natured you know and, and and it just made it fun you know and like i said i grew up with a bunch of you know kind of cranky old men in my life so <laughs> i knew that i knew that game i knew that dance really well and we just it was it was just wonderful but they bonded really quickly you know and i think especially I think it was kind of on Mark to prove himself to slang. Cause I mean, we, we've watched slang our whole lives, you know, he's, mm-hmm. he's done it a million, a million different things, a million different ways. And just has experience that is just an insane amount of experience. So, you know, I'm sure he was, I'm sure he was skeptical of Mark at first, but then once they started doing scenes and the deeper we got into it, they really, really, you know, they were, they were like, like I said, they're like dancers, you know, two good actors when they when they kind of hit that groove you know because dialogue is like is is like it's like singing you know um uh and the movement the way they moved around the set and everything like that it was it was a beautiful thing to behold so also like aside from the challenges of covid and everything else that you had during during this i mean i the like you you brought it up numerous times like it's like a play you know this was a play and um and you can see this you can you can just see it on a play on a on a stage very easily but yeah. conversely, as a director, directing this kind of one room, one location, they, I, I have to presume that has a whole set of challenges unto itself. Absolutely. So, so how, did yeah. you, how did you approach that specific part of filming? The, 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 you know, obviously, I, you know, I, I watched a lot of my favorite films that were single location things, you know, uh, or, or, you know, great uses of a, of a very, very small sandbox, um, you know, spatially. One of, you know, the first place we started when I got there and we were preparing the film was, you know, we got to build that cabin on a soundstage, the interior of that. So that meant that we got to design the whole thing. We got to design the look and feel of it. And the production designer, she built it up, kept building it up. And it just, as it was being built, I'd go in there and I'd just sit and I'd just look this way. I'd look that way. And then, you know, towards the end, when it got to actually dressing the set, once she had the 
the the the skin on the walls so to speak and the windows in and all that kind of stuff we would just sit there and we would just look at this wall and just <laughs> think what what can we do here that that you know creates the right mood and atmosphere behind these guys we pulled a lot from the paintings of this brandywine painter named andrew wyeth who's a very very famous painter uh his 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 painting um of the girl sitting in the field looking up at the house that Christina's world is the is the first thing that you would recognize of his, but he also had a lot of these beautiful oil oil paintings of like old men sitting in chairs and like a disused old house or or sitting looking out a window. It's just you know these are very somber sort of pictures. So we really pulled from that, and I mean you know we were trying to kind of recreate the feeling of those paintings with that environment. That you know, like I said, we didn't heavily shot list this thing or anything like that. But one thing that we were constantly reminding ourselves is we kind of pieced out the whole story and it's like okay we're doing this eight minute run right now or this 10 minute run or something like that what's the style of this section and we just tried to as we went through those different sections of the movie we just tried to change it up as much as possible and just give ourselves different feels again just do whatever felt appropriate in the moment but yeah it's a, it's a challenge you know i mean the the cool thing for the production designer is she did all this hard work building this beautiful set we see every inch of it <laughs> <laughs> yeah. in that thing so we just filled it with as much detail in there as we possibly could i mean there's there's drawings by my by my my kid was three years old at the time some of his drawings are up in there and uh you know the, the storybook they looked through at a certain point my wife did all those illustrations and, and and just you know we just had a ton of stuff and we just started like thinking about what those different things would look and feel like you know as a backdrop to what, what these guys are acting you know because the great painters do that you know the environment the subject is the subject, but the environment also says a lot emotionally and it works in more of a subconscious way, which is really, really fun stuff to get into, you know? Yeah. And uh, Old Man's interesting in that it kind of goes against what modern films are doing. Like it doesn't have the large ensemble cast or it's not big and bombastic. Like you said, it's a showcase between two uh, personalities that are just talking to yeah. each other. Um, were you ever afraid that that sort of storytelling might lose the audience? It will, it will lose some people, you know, um, uh, uh, some people will show up and they'll, they'll be expecting one thing and it'll be another, but, you know, hopefully there's just as many people that go into it expecting one thing and are surprised, delighted and surprised that it's, 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 it's not exactly what they're expecting. That's what I like when I, when I see a movie. So I'm not, I'm not worried about that too much because I asked myself all of those questions before I started making, <laughs> you know, right. um, and, 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 and what, a, what a cool challenge, you know, one of the other cool things about making this movie is that I got to shoot the majority of it in script order, which <laughs> never happens. You know, I mean, we got to start at the beginning and shoot all of, at a certain point we had to jump. We had to jump ahead to the ending because somebody, you know, an actor schedule or something like that. But, we only had to do that one time in that whole shoot. So the majority of that shoot, I got to start at the beginning and work my way to the end, which is, which is a real luxury. I'll probably never get to do that again, you know? <laughs> um, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, you know, it is two guys in a cabin for the majority <laughs> of the movie, you know, but they're, they're very magnetic, you know? And I think that, you know, we used a lot of technique to kind of keep the audience uh, engaged, I think, you know, and just the mystery of what's happening, I think does a lot of that work. On, on a first time watch you know i want to say thank you for your, all your in-depth uh, que- uh answers because you've you've checked off questions as i've as i've gone down just oh. like, answering. so <laughs> okay. I, I, you've yeah. done a, you've done an awesome job um but just you know finally my my last question um you know you 
this seems like just a really interesting shoot and a really kind of different experience for you um, as a filmmaker. Um, so like, is there anything you're going to take away from this, this movie specifically shooting this that you're going to kind of carry well, I, on? Well, I finally made a movie centering on men. That's a very good I point. I hadn't, I hadn't, you know, I, I, I you know, I, you know, I've, I've dabbled, you know, here and yeah. there, but this is, this is really, you know, it's I don't know it's it's, it's and the, that was that was be, me being outside my comfort zone there's a certain point where we did shoot with an actress after shooting for you know a week and a half two weeks with these two guys I, I, I was working with this actress we were shooting this kind of dreamy footage and all of a sudden I was like wow I feel like I put on like the most comfortable pair of shoes like because I, 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 I've worked with actresses more than actors um I've had good experiences in the past but never focused on them as, as like the lead of a film you know the closest would be like the father and the woman, but that movie is the woman, you know, and it's about the women and that story. But um, yeah, that, that's something I'll take away. And the, the other thing, which I brought up before is that I didn't storyboard this thing or shot list this thing within an inch of its life before I started. And there was something very freeing about that. There's something dangerous about that because you can show up and like, it's, it's, it's bad to show up and be like figuring everything out on the day. You know, it's like, because then all, all sorts of people start coming at you with ideas for what you should be doing. And it, it just can turn and then they get hurt. If you're like, no, I don't think that's a good idea. It just can turn into a mess. You have to have a really, really good plan, especially if you're making an independent film. But it did, it did give, it did make me realize that there are times when that's appropriate to, you know, to let the, let the, the actors and the action that's happened before you kind of dictate where the camera goes. And then and at, at that point, you're getting out of your own way. Um, instead of just trying to hit a home run with fancy shots every time you know if you've got good actors sometimes just a really nice medium shot is just works (laughs) (laughs) you know so um so yeah that was a big that was a big lesson so awesome well thank you very much lucky um old man is awesome oh we we enjoyed it so much we loved old man thank you thank you yeah Yeah. hopefully people will want to watch it more than once because of the way it all turns out you know it's, it's it's trying to invite the audience to start all over again once they finish it. So that would be great uh, if people could do that. But yeah, I'm really excited about it and really proud. It was a great team of people. So yeah, thanks for people me will talk have... about it. No, I just thanks for letting me talk about it. You know, oh, yeah, the films, it's like the more word you can get out, you know, uh, you know uh, it's always the best. And uh, people will have the opportunity to see it more than once uh, next week, October the 14th, see it in theaters. And then you can go yes. home and see it on streaming and on exactly, <laughs> yeah, perfect, yeah, exactly. I like it's, that plan. Yeah, it's excellent, excellent story, very suspenseful, and you will see, in my opinion, no hyperbole, the best performance of the year. Yes, agree. Yes. Well, I agree. I'm biased, but I agree. <laughs> slang, slang is amazing. Yeah, slang. When was the last time you went trick-or-treating? Trick-or-treat! Aren't you too old to be trick-or-treating? When was the last time you babysat on a Halloween night? Are you here, kid? You must be Linda. Yes, but I haven't met your little boy yet. Oh, he's around somewhere. You'll find him. Or he'll find you. Christopher, where are you? You're cute. Are you the babysitter? Is everything all right? You 
your son is a holy terror. Christopher is being a perfect angel. Ah! Help, help! Do you know the story about the boy who cried wolf? <laughs> Quit playing with yourself. I'm formulating my plan of escape. You're crazy. A dangerous lunatic has escaped from Western State Hospital. Hello? I'm coming home. When was the last time you were chased by a deranged madman? Jacqueline Giroux. Shut up! Peter Jason. Gillian Kessner. <gasps> and Chris Graver as Christopher. Special guest appearances by David Carradine, Carrie Snodgrass, and Steve Railsback. Trick or treat! Next time, don't be so quick to open your door. <laughs> so everyone's heard of Trick or Treat. It's a Halloween favorite. We're not going to talk about that. We're going to talk about Trick or Treats, not the one with Ozzy Osbourne. We're going to go back even further to 1982. Trick or Treats is about a babysitter who is um, kind of has to babysit a bratty child. If that isn't bad enough, the kid's father, who was put in an insane asylum, has decided to come home to visit the family. Now, this movie's from way back in 1982. So, spoiler alert, we're going to go very deep into this movie. It's on Shudder, so you can check it out. Uh, Trick or Treats, uh, lucky you've mentioned a few times that uh, you enjoyed this movie. Oh, of course I did. You know, you put any movie from the 70s or like the, the you know, up to about from, from the Late sixties up to about like you know nineteen eighty four or so, it's like I'll 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 watch anything made in that <laughs> period of time. Such a beautiful beautiful pocket of time. I mean, shit just got like so off the rails in so many cool different directions <laughs> at that time. It was they're just it was amazing. Yeah, this one was fun. I mean, it's it's a it's a goofy little movie, but it's also it's it's got like a, a weird little kind of mean streak in it that I really liked. And uh, the the opening the opening of the film is fantastic. I, I um, love the opening. Yeah, the it's, opening. Great. it's great. Yeah. It's great. It's it's yeah. It kind of it's it's hard to live up to that opening. Actually, totally. One hundred percent. Yeah. 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 But yeah, the, the, there's something about that 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 has, that has this nightmarish quality that I really like. Uh, yeah, and then and then it gets into the whole the, this actress uh, that that moonlights as a babysitter, watching the worst kid in the world, and that kid, this little kid in this movie is freaking priceless. Like that that kid is just. <laughs> Steals just, the show for sure. That scene where he's standing up on top of the cells and he's like, "Suckers!" Oh, that's amazing. <laughs> so, so uh, good. I uh, I didn't catch where this movie where where it takes place, but it must be Creep City because <laughs> yeah, yeah, single, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> including the little kid, this poor babysitter. Yeah. Oh <laughs> like, man, skeezy! Everybody's skeezy. Um, David, David Carradine. David Carradine comes in and just like immediately starts hitting on the girl I mean like it's like he starts yeah. like undressing her <laughs> I know I know he act yeah and she's just like ha 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 even for 
yeah, even for 1982 standards, standards it's kind of like, whoa, what's going on? Yeah. I was like, how uh, old is she supposed to be? That was the vibe back there, man. <laughs> yeah. like, things were sleazy and seedy as hell back, back, uh, yeah. back in that day, you know, but those are, you know. And that's what a 30-year-old old. man looked like in 1982. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. Well, exactly. It's, it's the 80s. Do a little coke vote for Ronald Reagan. Harass <laughs> yeah. your yeah. babysitter. The, uh, uh, yeah. the opening, I think, is good foreshadowing for the rest of the movie because that yeah. opening just dragged and dragged and dragged. And there's so many yeah. scenes in this movie that just kind of go on pointlessly. Well, and they do like that scene, that very first scene, it's got that, his yelling has <laughs> got yeah. this pitch that I was like, yeah. damn, I had to like turn down my TV. I was like, this is, this is something else. But yeah, they do that multiple times where it's it sounds that kind of like, get to you and i i think they're that's supposed to be played for laughs i think well that's the thing i looked the movie up afterward and it said that this is a horror comedy horror comedy like, where's the where's the comedy this thing you know it's like it, you know it's goofy but it's like it's not a comedy by any <laughs> it didn't strike me as a comedy anyway i wasn't laughing i was i was no. laughing for the wrong reasons maybe, <laughs> exactly. but, well that's one uh, of my notes actually i put tone with a question mark next to it because i wasn't sure what it was going for the um, yeah yeah i don't know yeah well i mean we should i i mean i don't know for your listeners should we set up like what actually happens in the opening sure. I mean, it's this, it's this sure. husband and wife having their morning coffee and biscuit <laughs> or whatever on their you know by their pool in their backyard and the wife just walks out of the room lets two uh orderly looking dudes into the house and they come in with a straight jacket and they're trying the, the husband's just sitting there reading the newspaper and they just walk up to him and they're like come with us or he's like what the hell are you talking about and they have this kind of like knock down drag out fight around the pool of course everybody ends up in the pool at a certain point yep. someone's hanging on a tree he's hanging on the guy's Holding hanging someone on by a their tree legs. while his legs are wrapped around his yeah it's like a mad mad um, mad mad world <laughs> yeah and they eventually get the straight jacket on him and just like cart him off and, and we're made to understand later on that it's kind of murky but we're, we're made to understand that the that this was the wife's way of getting rid of her husband right. which is a cool idea i just don't think that they really made that ultra clear and, and I was certain it was meatloaf. And, yeah. I thought it, yeah. I was certain it was being played by meatloaf. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I yeah. was shocked to find out that it was. I was, I was disappointed that the orderly orderlies didn't have butterfly nets because they had <laughs> <laughs> all that they were missing. <laughs> totally, totally. But yeah, they eventually wrestle him to the ground, get the get the straight jacket on him, and then then it's like you know years later or whatever. Flash forward. You know? Yep. Yeah, and and we're we're with the <laughs> we meet this this actress uh and whose boyfriend she's talking to on the phone who's who's talking about starring in a othello in a, in a theater production he's just oh. like yeah uh he's, and he's he's a white a very very white man um <laughs> yes uh playing othello um which yeah which is a thing and then uh <laughs> yeah well i mean and then ultimately what ends up i mean it's like halloween basically i mean like what ends up happening is you sure. know the dad gets put in the asylum and then years back he comes later on halloween night to, to fuck you up, right? yep, yep. but the way he escapes from from the mental institution <laughs> is it's amazing he he this 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 nurse is like putting him into bed at night in the metal mental institution he grabs her and like stuffs a rag on her face it's like i was like okay is it chloroform or what how does he and then as he's like struggling with this woman she apparently gets turned on and thinks that he's, <laughs> right, yeah. he's trying to like 
so bizarre. And then that comes back and kind of pays off later when she's on the news and everything. But then he takes her clothes and escapes to prison pretending to be a woman. And everybody, he does not look like a woman. <laughs> not at Every all. Every single person he comes across when he's in that getup believes he's a woman. Just like there's no question. It's amazing. That's when I knew it was comedy. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. It was like like Bugs Bunny or something. Like exactly. That. It was I was wondering why this, he. Uh, yeah. I, I was wondering why he uh, attacked those bums to change costumes because yeah. everyone believes. What <laughs> of course, the yeah, lady was like, doing so good. You, yeah, this is who you hold up for your clothes. The guy sleeping in his own piss right now. Like, <laughs> those, those, those are the clothes that you want to you want to steal. That was yeah, yeah. beautiful, beautiful. <laughs> I think at a certain point he's got his top off and he has this big like fifties looking brazier on. He's like, "What's the matter? You've never seen tits before." <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> What the fuck, man? Oh god, so funny. And, and then, then there's that- you know, and then there's this this actress gets a job uh watching this hellacious little boy who's obsessed with magic and and just being like a general little little Ranks. like terrorist yeah. in training, you know. Yeah. Um uh and the back and forth between them is just ludicrous but but pretty entertaining, you know. I mean never ending is, no, unceasing. And again, like like everybody falling for the fact that the dad is is a woman everywhere he goes, even though he clearly <laughs> looks nothing like a woman this babysitter falls for every trick the boy pulls constantly. <laughs> like, like at a certain point, you know. It, just gets ludicrous because it's like you know and she even brings up the boy who cried wolf idea at a certain point to kind of like tell the kid like you can't joke about being hurt or drowning you know and then the the the, the pool scene i mean the her giving him cpr oh uh, yeah that he pulls is, a squint i was gonna say very, the very, stole that very very uncomfortable but but yeah but the way she's performing the cpr too is like <laughs> oh yeah. i mean she's just like making out with this like 10 year old kid i was like what am i watching it was so strange so strange and her uh, chest um, compressions were like on his hips <laughs> the whole thing yeah was yeah, like, yeah. The whole she's, thing was she's just like patting his belly it's like what does yeah. that do yeah <laughs> I also like the, uh, we were just talking about old man, how it was very simple and kind of down to earth in the set, the uh, asylum. It's just on a soundstage. It seems like there's no background. Yeah, just no like background. a blank canvas. Yeah. Yeah. It <laughs> some like a, yeah, yeah. And whose idea was yeah, it for the but- live shot in the loony bin with the loonies? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, see, that's, that's the one place where I felt like, okay, this is a clearly comedy. comedy, you know, um, cause it's just, just totally, totally yeah. silly. But yeah, I mean, like as far as I'm concerned, that was an A plus viewing experience. I had <laughs> I had no problems with it. And then then as as we're going through the credits at the end, I noticed that that the magic consultant from the movie is Orson fucking Wells. <laughs> really? <laughs> and a buddy of mine told me, yeah, he's like, yeah, I guess he was like friends with Orson Wells, and he ended up shooting some of his later stuff, some of his, you know. So yeah, because um, I guess he was, I guess he was a D, he was a DP and an editor as well. And evidently the director has a whole other career in adult films. They said, I read on Wikipedia, he made like 130 like adult films while he was making all this other stuff and shooting it. Yeah, so yeah, there's just a lot to unpack. I'm, I'm, I'm so thrilled you guys laid this, in, <laughs> laid this on me. It was a good suggestion. Oh. So we have David Carradine, Orson Welles, and adult movies. It all adds up. Yeah. It all works. It's all yeah, making yeah, sense. Yeah. Oh, it, it all, yeah, it all clicked. Um, and then, then when it cuts to her two friends that are somehow film editors, 
These girls are like working on movieolas and this, this other girl shows her other friend this scene from this movie that she's cutting and she's like just telling her how brilliant it is and how like, you know, we're really making the movie here in the edit room and everything. It's just like, what, what is happening? I loved it. I, I was wondering that part. I was like, someone put that in just to like poke the bear at someone. They were just upset at the director. Yeah, so yeah, just... yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Oh, God. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I mean, it is a perfect movie to watch with your friends on like Halloween night. I think people will have like so much. I mean, I think there would be a lot of laughs watching it with like a good, good group of like, you know, horror friends, you know. Um, yeah it's definitely I, i've got some people i've got some people i actually want to recommend it to you know, for, <laughs> that, for that for that for that very reason but yeah, yeah that's oh, that's that's the fine content that shutter is bringing us they're doing the lord's work they are <laughs> not a sponsor but we, we love Shutter. <laughs> yeah yeah of course yeah yeah. trick-or-treats from 1982 a lot of of movies called trick-or-treat but trick-or-treats 1982 babysitter psychopathic dad check it out so good absolutely (laughs) cool so we'll just uh go into our ending here and um we'll ask you if you uh if you uh if there's anything you want to plug or like if you want to plug anything that your wife does like definitely you Mm -hmm. can do that uh let me just do this really quickly all right uh three two one oh every weekend you can find us here we're a part of the morbidly beautiful podcasting network where they have all sorts of horror theme podcasts and then they have us uh you can drop us a line if there's anything you want us to review if you have any ideas for any magic tricks or single location movies you would like us to see let us know let us know on the social media where nothing ever bad happens and everyone's always positive. You can follow the show on Twitter and Instagram, Adventures and Movies. You can find Nathaniel creeping out on Instagram, Adventures and Nathan. You can find myself, Blake, on Twitter at 4 Eyed Horror. You can find Regina. She's out there on Instagram, Danger Chavez. And Lucky, where can we, where can we find you? Just find me on Twitter. Just type Lucky McKee and then it'll, it'll be pretty apparent which one <laughs> I am. And, then, uh, and my, my wife, Vanessa, who's an illustrator and painter, is also on there and she does... I think a lot of stuff that would be really up your audience's alley. She, she, she's a real, uh, she, she's been doing for, for October, she's been doing a bunch of beautiful pencil portraits of, uh, of characters from her favorite, her favorite horror movies. So um, yeah, she's, she's working on one right now. I think people are going to like quite a bit. So she, she's just, she's a force, man. She's always cranking out beautiful art. So I, Twitter's I the best place to find the McKees. The cool. McKees on Twitter. Thank you so yeah, much, man. Yeah. And uh, next week, we're going to be having our, our good friends, Not Your Final Girls, on again. So please tune in for that. And uh, you can find us on Apple Podcasts. You can go to Spotify. Wherever they have the best podcasts in the world, we will be there. You can also go to Morbidly Beautiful. Wherever you find us, just make sure to leave a rating or tell a friend to listen. Lucky, thank you again for coming on the show to talk about your movie. Thank you, Lucky. Uh, thank, thanks for having me, guys. Appreciate it. And that's our cue. We will talk to you next week.